welcome to your scheduled program. Even though this podcast is never scheduled for a specific time, date. Um, you can never be like, oh, Clint's dropping an episode today. Because I'm about as unpredictable as your time that you wake up and decide not to slit your throat. <laughs> uh, I just demonetized myself from the algorithm because I insinuated that when you wake up, you contemplate whether you should wake up. Well, you know, I was actually, <laughs> actually reminds me of music. That I used to, you know, back in the early to mid 2000s, you know, that grunge rock type of thing where the three days grace of the world, the uh, Avenged Sevenfold, the, um, they were pretty uh, critically acclaimed. Huh? Get it? Avenged Sevenfold. All right. But yeah, um, which I actually still love. Like, Three Days of Grace has a very underrated catalog, by the way. Like, top to bottom. It's just crazy, you know. Their front man just couldn't. They just couldn't keep it together, you know. I guess that's just being around people long enough. People of certain issues. Same thing with the Puddle of Mud. Like, their dude <laughs> has these public embarrassments of himself. You know, he obviously has a lot of personal issues. Um... Yeah, that Three Days Grace rock grunge era. You know, it was a lot of contemplating, you know, your existence on this earth. Uh, it's a lot of, man, the world's so cool. Life starts now. It's all about life and death. and It's all about how happy or unhappy. It's really actually pretty depressing music, but... The shit bangs. I mean, they literally had a song called I Hate Everything About You. Which I guess is pretty direct. But it's still like a lot of anger in one man. But uh, me me and my... Uh, well, I forgot where we were. Where were we? we? We were at some, I think, restaurant. But they were playing this like music. And... Oh, yeah, so we were at this uh, brunch place, which is kind of a weird place to hear this kind of stuff. But, you know, like that those time frames where the, you have the grunge and then you have the uh, punk rock, where it's kind of like sissified for the teenagers, you know. It's a lot of, I want to know why you. Um, <laughs> it's like I'm just trying to eat some eggs here. And the funniest part is it would be the same sound, right? The all-time lows of the world, which I enjoy them, you know. But the Taking Back Sundays, the, uh, um, I don't know why I'm drawing a blank when I listen. Mayday Parades. It, so they would have their songs that are like, you know, you know what you want from me. But anytime they would strip down and get acoustic and start getting lovely and in their feelings, it would be the same. There's like acoustic strumming of dun da 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 dun dun da da. You said you would never leave. Um <laughs> And you know, two things can be true. You can like and enjoy that music. And I, you know, I, there's still songs I enjoy, but still look at it and be like, 
This shit's dumb as fuck, and it's funny as hell, you know? It's obviously catering. <laughs> I wanna cater to you. Uh, which I guess, you know, I guess Destiny's Child, you know, they kind of catered, you know? They catered to an audience. Beyonce said, yeah, fuck y'all. Um, <laughs> I'm not trying to get fucked in the ass by Diddy. Um, <laughs> uh, but people say what they want about Beyonce. Her dad was in her corner, you know. She he was actually looking out for her. I you know, believe it or not, I don't think that like I, look, you never know, but I don't think Beyonce was like someone who like slept her way through the ranks. I think she had a strong bag she had a strong father, managed her career, knew in situations are like, hey, you know what? These bitches are holding you back. Um <laughs> Yeah, JT had to do the same thing. Like, yeah, look, uh, you guys, you know, you guys are nice, you know. You guys can kind of sing, but I can really sing. Um, and, like, come, like, no one comes in, like, if I, like, for, let's be honest. If we were to do an NSYNC show during that prime, and one of y'all were to be like, oh, I'm sick tonight, I'd be like, yeah, we'll be all right. People, people aren't going to be like, oh, man. We want our tickets refunded. If you show up to an Instinct concert, hey, hey guys, we're sorry, JT couldn't make it tonight, you know. Uh, Britney smashed his car. Everyone would be like, fuck this shit, you know. Refund. And, uh, but yeah. Uh, not trying to cry me a river, but I am bringing sexy back. <laughs> All right. Because the point of all that is, is that things, when they are out, when it's part of a vibe in real time, it feels real. Like, I think that's how we'll look at music now. Like, the Billie Eilish stuff, you know, not the pickouts on the Olivia Rodrigo. For people in that age demographic, for some reason, it sounds good. And for, like, any reasonable person that's, like, over the age of 20, um, <laughs> it's like, this doesn't sound good or appealing. There's nothing introspective here. It's pretty just, it's definitely catering to a, for Billie Eilish, a depressing, tomboy, uh, neon type of sound. And Olivia Rodrigo is the same, like, you said you would. Um, it's basically like Machine Gun Kelly when he does his pop punk music, except, you know, at least when he does his, it's at least catchy. Um, when it's hers, it's very like blame. It's very like, oh, you broke up with me. And he's like, yeah, because you keep writing songs shitting about me and you are not as appealing as Taylor Swift. So I don't even get the benefits of everyone be like, Jake Gyllenhaal, what the fuck happened? Um, you don't even write like, like at least Jake Gyllenhaal got like a 12 minute song about him, you know? I can't even be mad about that, you know? If someone made a 12 minute song about me, and it could be the worst song about me, like damn, I'm worth 12 minutes of your time still. And you have to play me all over the place. I can't even be mad at that, you know? Um... 
at least like you know at least she writes hits you know you're just writing you're just making bullshit songs that you didn't even write um not the shit on but i don't know you know <sighs> they may not write their songs but i'll write this death sentence called the opening monologue so me me that's how i end stuff when i don't know how much farther they go you said you would never leave. Um, but yeah, now I'm scrambling around. All right, welcome to episode 250. Jesus, quarter of a thousand. Basically, if I'm literally 25% of the way to 1k, you know, imagine if I got paid one million dollars for an episode i would probably have a hundred million dollars because of taxes and shit but um <laughs> but yeah welcome to episode 250 of the often be podcast with clint nelson i'm your host <coughs> clint nelson don't forget to like follow comment subscribe hit the notification bell but most important ladies and gentlemen don't forget to suck some titties yeah yeah that, that's what's on my mind yeah, I'm open to monologues. They're basically just kind of like whatever literally comes to mind. Um, yeah, so I try not to think about the opening monologue. Is I literally have no idea 90% of the time what I'm going to open the show with, right? A little insight here. Inside baseball, as they say. Even though no one goes inside baseball stadiums anymore. <laughs> uh, which, by the way, I, they actually made... There's actually... I think it's in um, Pennsylvania. They made a old baseball stadium, like a minor league baseball stadium, into an apartment complex. It was actually very pretty cool, you know? Like, they still had the baseball feel. Like, you know, you guys can literally just, like, you know, fill the dirt with grass. and But I guess the symbolism and stuff, it makes it marketable. They could probably also make it like, hey, you know, raise, make the price of your rent and amenities say like, hey, you know, like bullshit apartment complexes will have amenities like, oh, well, we have $50 extra a month for the gym. It's like you literally go up to 40 pound dumbbells and you have this like bullshit cable condensed machine and like three ellipticals and you're in charge with 50 bucks a month with your amenities. Like that doesn't even, they just be, I'm pretty sure that they're like, hey, there's a random ass baseball you know, field in the middle. It's like, there's extra 300 a month. It's like, my kid's allergic to dirt. It's like, uh, damn. Well, can I, like, get a deposit back for that? And they're like, eh, you know. We don't give money back. Um. Or it might be a bullshit tourist thing where no one's actually allowed to go on the field. I was like, what the fuck's the point of it? Um, And now we got Nala on the prowl. Hey, don't you think about it. This was a terrible idea. But yeah. um, <laughs> Son of a bitch. This cat is actually trying to jump on my laptop. No, stop it. Sorry. Sorry for the audience. This is what happens when you try to, you know, let people into your personal space. They want to hop on your laptop and fuck up your show. 
Baby, she's trying to save the show. Um, <laughs> she's like, I'm sensing a struggle here. Let me help you. Um, uh, she protects me in my dreams, all right. Or she's just staring at my spirit. Airlines. <laughs> I guess if uh, if you have what do they call a medium, the people that are psychics, if they ride if they ride Spirit Airlines, can they connect more because they're up in the air, or are they actually? Because the air is so thin, they have a harder time for spirits to connect with them. I don't know. Um, it also may be the being 40,000 feet in the air thing. And, you know, the condenser wind might fuck that up and shit. But, yeah. Um, but, yeah, you know what they say. Bad days equals hurt ways and uh damn girl i like that emoji give me a wave but yeah recording this on january 7th 2024 for the archives these intros again later and later into the show recording this at 602 p.m eastern yes a little later in the day but it's off day so slept in went to bed late woke up no one gives a fuck but you know yeah that's the thing I think the beauty of a thing like this is sometimes you have no idea. You fill your mind's a blank. And then there's something when you've done this enough, you press record and then just like everything. Whatever thoughts that you overthink about that you think you want to talk about, the stuff just comes pouring out. And the moral of all that is, is like, hey, just say shit because your thoughts will come out with it. Truth will come out at all times. What you feel will always come out. And, oh, trust me, when you're feeling it, it'll come out. Um, <laughs> oh, Jesus. Yep. And, uh, yes, I got to say, today's drink, Ghost Sour Green Apple, it does not kick as much anymore. I ain't going to lie to you. I think maybe I'm just used to the bazinga of the taste. But wow. You know what? Let's have a little fan. Come here. No, come here, you little rat bastard. You little rat mole. Let this be a lesson. Do not let your animal pry in your area. I don't know. You know, that's the thing. Like, do animals, do they, like, look at what we do and look at us as buffoons? Or are they actually fascinated? Or do they just not give a shit and just say, feed me, bitch? Um, <laughs> I think that's really the thing. Like, yeah, all this is cool. I don't give a fuck. They don't give a fuck how much money you have. I think maybe that's the appeal of having a pet. It is the only living thing really in this world that, especially depending on your species, that the, I think the appeal of connecting with outside species of ourself is they don't have to live in the same moral value they don't have to live in the same like world their way of currency their way of exchange of energy is a whole lot different than us humans 
um, the way they communicate, how they feel. Now, there's a lot of similarities, but it's different. You know, like, I think that's the, no matter how much money you have, you could be living the biggest house in the fucking world or not have a home. And a cat, a dog will just smile at you the same. And they're just happy to be with you, you know, regardless of their trauma, even if they know better. Like, their previous owner could have gave them food, gave them the life that you can never give them. But if you're the one that voluntarily bees around them for a couple weeks, they're like, yeah, this guy's not bad, you know? Um, <laughs> they adjust. Like, in society nowadays, like, regardless as a guy or a girl, you're not making that big of a, you know, egress in your standards. You're not making that big of an egress in, you know, what you're used to. I think that's the beauty of animals, you know. They don't care. They just say, shut the fuck up and feed me, you know. (laughs) Only if it was that simple. Just like, hey. Like, if that's all it took to make people happy was, just shut the fuck up and feed me. And that's that's all we had to do. Life would be immensely easier. But, I mean, we are at people that are feeding, you know breastfeeding (laughs) oh jesus but yeah no i think look this pod is not i'm on this episode it's not gonna be one those that's supposed to be for the algorithm it's just one of those you know what just having a good time type of thing you know you can't do every episode about the views you can't do every episode about talking about a hot topic to stay trending or to get trending or to elevate the status of the program. It's just a scheduled program, you know. You take whatever happens that day and you let God take care of the rest. But really, you just let things take care of itself. All you can do is press, you know, and, you know, this is just going across all boards. It doesn't have to be about this. All you can do is wake up. Press record and live with what happens. You know, that's a saying, right? I'm pretty sure that's a Woody Allen saying, you know. I'm pretty sure that's what he told his daughter-in-law before he, you know, recorded their personal interactions and married his stepdaughter or whatever it was. Um, Yeah. I've never seen a Woody Allen movie, you know. But it seems like Woody's got the roundup of Asian chicks. Um, he definitely has a thing for them looking young. And, you know, typically, I guess from what we see, like, Asian culture, typically, you know, because they have a lot healthier habits and stuff, they typically look younger for a long time. And I think from, you know, a colonizer white man, um... <laughs> But no, like, you know, as a white domesticated American, you know, there's some, I think just really as domesticated Americans, we, you know, we have anti-aging creams and all this stuff because we have to prevent looking old over time because of how bad we take care of ourselves and treat ourselves when other cultures, they don't even really need to get all that stuff. They just naturally live a life that doesn't make you look old. Um... <laughs> And I think that's really like 
these these creeps they like that's why they like going to these they like seeking out these other cultures because it's beneficial to their kinky winkies um <laughs> some of them like little twinkies and i'm not talking about the hostess um <laughs> hey kevin give me a little spacey um it's funny how it took Kevin Spacey, it literally took him um, to be outed for, you know, taking advantage and basically using his power to manipulate teenage men, teenage boys, and young men and all this stuff. I don't think they were always teenagers, but very young men in the industry who, you know, um, used his status to... It took all that for him to be like, yes, guys, I admit I am gay. That That's all it took. Like, it took all that stuff to come out for him to admit that. Like, I guess, you know what, it is time. Things have been talked about. It's like, no, I mean, it's more because of the deeper underlying thing that was the bigger issue here, you know. Um, <laughs> it's because you were a horrible boss. Get it? All right. Um, <laughs> sometimes, though. But, yeah, anyways, enough of that stuff. Man, you know, sometimes you just got to trust your thoughts, trust your beliefs, trust what you do, and press record. And everything else will be fine and dandy. And you'll have ripped jeans. What's more ripped, the jeans or them buns in between um <laughs> i've been getting a crazy amount you know what is crazy though i'm getting a crazy amount in my algorithm of these food things and a lot of these tiktok shorts um where it's water burger versus in and out burgers this guy named i think sofo cho god forbid me if i get that wrong he basically just shorts and it's these uh, comparing like an In-N-Out burger, I think it's in the West Coast, comparing In-N-Out burger to another burger or comparing Taco Bell to Del Taco, you know, you get to just getting a similar item from both the price and the value, how it takes bites of each one compares if one is justified for what it is and all this stuff. I've been getting also a lot of other ones where this so one guy just basically just compares McDonald's versus Burger King. He compares different hotels, one star versus five stars, interior, like, you know, the whole thing. And I'm like, man, you know, people make a lot of money just doing that, right? And it's a weird thing because it's like, you know, it goes into that what is actually creative in a way, because you're using something that someone else already made, and all you're doing is sitting there eating in front of something, and being a, I guess a food critic is one way of putting it, but you're not really like setting a real criticism, it's just like literally, you know, it's like when someone, um, someone pointed this out, there's content thieves out there, where it's all over TikTok and now YouTube shorts, where people literally just Play a video, put their ugly ass, unblurred, out of whack 
face all around this thing, and all they do is point up to it, and they just point up. They don't. They only. They may mum and say, "Hmm, mm-hmm," or "Hmm," nod their head around. And there's people that make money literally playing someone else's video that someone else posted, that someone else made, probably a post of a repost, and they just point up, and they make money off of it. They get views, they get likes and stuff. It's not shading on people that get notoriety for it. It's just like... That's how low our state is that like we are just comfortable watching that and just being like, oh, someone is profiting off of something they had nothing to do with, you know, and people can make it. Here's the thing, right? I try to be fair. People can say the same thing about someone that just talks about stuff, right? Like, oh, well, you're not talking about any original things. You're just talking about stuff that's out there. You're just you're just saying words. You're just repeating lyrics. You're just. It's like, okay, but at least I'm putting, at least people that do that, whether it's radio or podcast or even music, when they talk about things, at least they are actually putting an opinion of their voice. They are putting in-depth context. They are putting in-depth personal vulnerability. There There I go being gay and stuff. Putting vulnerability behind actual potential to be criticized and to be wrong putting it out there there's nothing noteworthy there's nothing uh brave not that talking is brave but there's nothing brave about sitting there pointing up to a video of someone else putting themselves out there talking about something and you getting more views in some cases get more notoriety and getting more money than the thing that you're reposting and pointing up to and it's just lazy. Like, why would you spend hours just doing that other than the fact that it's money? There's nothing... Anyone that does that... It, and I think it, it goes back to the people... I think I talked about before the Jason Derulo. Jason Derulo was kind of doing the same thing. Where he would do the same thing of him just doing nine his head and just kind of whatever. And then he would use it as a way that advertise or promote his music. And he would put his own music over certain things. Which, hey, you know what? I don't think this, you know that's whatever. It's his music. But it's kind of... There needs to be a better system in place to protect the people that are actually making the original thing. But the repost of what people reactions and i don't know whether what's with our obsession with people's reactions to other things because like, i watch react technically like the biggest youtubers like commentary channels their reactions they're playing other youtubers that they're reacting to but at least they're actually like talking and putting their own jokes putting their own input putting their own commentary on it like, they're not just replaying a video of them nodding the head and saying little to anything, adding in anything to it. These people are literally adding fucking nothing to it. It's just, oh, they know what's trending. They do this whole pointing up and it's lazy as fuck. And I would say that to anyone that does it. I don't give a fuck about if you are successful of 800,000 subscribers and that's all you do. Oh, well, if you can do it, why don't you do it? Because I have integrity. Because I'm not... A thief. 
and that's what it is. You know, there's this thing about YouTube and this, uh, we have this, um, the thing about, sorry, I'm, f- I'm fumbling the bag right now. Um, <laughs> that's the thing about, we, we have this thing where we have this heavy need to just, uh, protect everything. And there are people that abuse that copyright thing. Like people talking about something and because it's about that subject or they use five seconds of a video to talk about something in depth that they actually put a lot of time and effort talking about then that's when people copyright strike and use their big brand and use that to overwhelm you but there are situations where i do think like this where people are making money off of something they literally did nothing to do with it's like for me, like I wish. First of all, just because I don't have, just because I don't have the resources to do it yet, I wish someone would cut up my clips and just make a clips channel. By all means, do what you got to do. Make it, you know. I I wouldn't even be mad. Abuse, abuse. In this case, you do it towards me. But if I got to a level where I had a clips channel and I had a podcast that was successful. And legitimately, like, was making a living off of it, right? And then you have these other channels that cut up clips of your podcast. And sometimes, like, the people with clips channels, they'll do clips of their channel. But what these other channels do, they'll cut up other clips. So it's not the same clips. So the um, so the incentive for the big, the actual channels, like, well... It's bringing exposure to us, even if we're not doing it. And just exposure enough will get people to actually gravitate to our channel if they like what they're seeing and hearing. So to complain about it would hurt against you. Except maybe when you're in like the mid-tier or working your way up, that's okay. But if I was like the JRE or um, anyone to a even like Club Shay Shay now, 30 million views in four days is fucking insane. Um, but like Joe Rogan, like literally there are channels that random ass people and it's monetized where people that aren't him are making money having literally just blatantly the Joe Rogan daily clips, podcast clips of his stuff. And all they're doing is just cutting up clips of his podcast and they are making they have hundreds of thousands of subscribers, so get half a million, sometimes a million plus views. And they're making, and we know they're making bank on it. It's monetized. Like imagine someone making money off of stuff that you actually made yourself. And you didn't have a licensing deal with them. You didn't have an agreement with them. They just take your shit and they make money off your shit. Like, how is that not protected? Like, there's got to be a better way to protect that. I don't know. There's me on my soapbox. Look at me. Looking out for people that are more successful than me at this. Trying to protect your pockets before I even have pockets to worry about pocketing. You know? I love me a good thought pocket. Um, Hot pockets. Um, uh... You know what's weird, though? 
is that I genuinely don't think anyone watches comedy specials. I really don't. Um, and maybe it's just me. Like, I don't think they actually matter as much as back in the day. I really don't. Like, people say, like, like when Catwoman mentioned he had 12 comedy specials, I was like, I know he had some. But I haven't heard of a lot of the recent ones. And I know he's funny. I'm sure they're great. But I think it's a big... And he's... I mean, he talked about the money he made on some of them. Like, he's doing fine. Like, I'm an idiot. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking But what I mean by it is I don't think comedy specials actually elevate your, like, status. Other than if you were actually already ingrained before when comedy specials were the thing. Like... Dave Chappelle, like, when he does his Netflix ones, like, it's gonna help him. Like, because he doesn't do podcasts, and, like, so I think, basically, if you're successful at podcasting, you're a comedian, and do all that stuff, or you're successful in something, the podcasting will overtake whatever you're successful in. Like, that's what makes people, like, oh... This is what they do, but 90%, like, 99% of the people that listen to someone on podcasts will never see them in real life action, in real life. Whether that's a neuroscientist like Andrew Huberman, because, I mean, what, you're going to go take a Stanford class, you're going to go travel to wherever he's at, maybe a speaking engagement, you might be at best to see him, you know, like 99% of people that we listen to we will never go to what the thing that they talk about of what they do for a living of what they actually do and that's the beauty of this thing right um there is this heavy pressure to kind of be above and beyond what uh others expectations of what you are doing, right? I know that just kind of made no sense because I just fucked myself up. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. But it does seem like social media, like this YouTube, the Instagram and stuff, it's much more powerful than in-person stuff. Like the in-person stuff will actually make you feel real more connected. And actually, like, make you appreciate and love it more. But if we're talking about actually, like, what increases income? What increases status? It is stuff that people can easily access and you can get half, a hundred plus thousand, millions of views. And all you had to do was spend a couple hours doing it. Maybe have a producer edit it. And you can make... A pretty good amount of money on it. Depending on how successful it is. Right. But as easy as something is to. Uh, as some as easy as something is to. Do in a short amount of time. And make. It's also just as easy for someone to take. Ooh look at Clint putting shit together. Look at me. It only took 35 minutes for me to say anything worth the shit. Um. <laughs> And that, and you know, that's the beauty of the in-person part, right? If you have crafted something, spent doing something for 15, 20 years, or whatever you're working on, been working on it for a year plus, months, putting stuff together to be 
presentable to an audience to make that special, I guess. I'm not like, I don't like, I get very annoyed listening to comedian podcasts and I like them. Not because they, because, you know, it's the nature of the bit. You're going to talk about it. You're just going to talk about what you do. But sometimes they put like this, like, emphasis on the importance of, you know, specials and stuff. And I think sometimes they're very out of touch. Like, 98% of people that listen to you will never watch or even hear a single special of yours. And if they do, it's not going to be like, it may be just, oh, well, I came across on YouTube. I finally listened to it. Then like, oh, shit. Even the comedians I really like. I haven't seen, I've seen some of the more recent ones. Like, I'll watch it in passing. But I'm not like, oh, shit, when I get home tonight, I've got to, like, watch this shit. Like, I think... Like, it's more convenient for me to listen to your conversation where I'm going to get new stuff. Like, sometimes, and I think people are much more into conversational humor than we are joke, sit down, someone worked on for months and years humor nowadays. Because I think we're much more into easy processing. But when we see, when we make that time to make an emphasis to go see someone... Or to make an emphasis and we're in that space to really respect what someone is saying and the, a timely thought like a comedy special when people spend time to put stuff together. I think that's when like that shit hits us different. And that's why I think people feel very protected towards certain jokes. People feel very protected towards certain subjects. Um So, yeah. I I guess the main thing about all that is uh, I should shut the fuck up. But, genuinely, I do feel like when it comes to... I think we all don't have the best idea of why people truly listen to us or watch us or give a shit about us. I think sometimes we... There's a thing that either when people are moving up in the industry... They have an idea of what they wish that is. Then it becomes a point where it's like they start getting like, oh, it must be because of this. Because I started doing this. This is why people are more interested in me. And there may be somewhere where it's actually like it's a whole different thing of why people gravitate and have sticked with you. And like you. And that is a weird thing, right? Because it's like they want to people want to stick to. No, I worked on this for 12 to 15 years. This is why I'm funny because I practice got in front of people every day of the week in multiple spots and I all that. That's why I'm good and funny. And that is true. But it's not because of you being on that stage of why people specifically listen or watch you. It's because it's easier access to you. They introduce people to that side of you. And Basically, nowadays, and if you notice, like, Cat Williams, Dave Chappelle, all these, like, comedians from the late 90s to 2000s that are truly just, like, on stage, diehard funny, doesn't really need you. And I'll even put Bill Burr, because even though he has a podcast, he's one of the few ones that actually do it by himself. And it's just, like, him talking in his thoughts. Like, it is really hard. As someone that does it and is not nearly as good or as funny as him, 
It is extremely hard. But he's an exception because he's one of the only people that can just do it and people will listen. And he doesn't have to put crazy amount of editing, crazy amount of this. Like nowadays, all like all these podcasts got to be heavily produced, edited around to make people feel interested. I like the ones that have a live feeling to it, if that makes sense. I, I don't really care for the ones that are edited so precisely. Um, look, I mean, editing should be, you know, in place to make the conversation move faster. Like, I get the point of it. You don't want a lot of ums like this fucking guy. But, you know, it depends what you're looking for. I Just like if it's going to be a banter, conversationalist, banter back and forth shit. When you can feel the heavy editing. When you can feel the heavy editing to bring a certain feel to the process. That wasn't actually what it was in the room. When what was felt in the room doesn't translate to on the screen. I think us viewers can feel that. And it's, you know, I guess the main thing is just like, it's hard, you know, um, you don't bat a thousand doing this all the time. You don't, you know, at best, like if you, if you do this long enough, you know, I think, you know, since I'm a quarter away to a thousand and I'm really going to be on it this year, like. I'm saying, like, everything else goes to the wayside. This is what matters. It is, this show's always, I've gone through fluctuations of matteredness, not matter. It don't matter to me. Um, I remember, like, you know, look, anytime you start something new for my new audio members, because, you know, it's grown ever so slightly. Uh, had a little bump recently, and I appreciate it, you know, these fluctuations, the consistency of posting, it matters, um, you know, anytime you start something, you have that new puppy love feel to it, you have this excitement, this jolt, it's fun, it's convenient, you have time, it's like, man, you know, this shit's amazing, all I gotta do is just keep on doing it, and everything will work out. Well, you do it long enough, and then, you know, uh, you know, you go through lulls in life, you got, stuff happens, you know, and you, um, do for quite a period of time, and you're like, oh, you know, this shit is, uh, it takes, this shit takes time. You go through periods of time where it's like, oh. I, I don't feel like it's that same energy as when you first started. You don't feel like it's the same person. It's like, man, you know, if I change as a person, does the show work? It's like, did you really change as a person? Or did you just stop experiencing life to make what you're talking about feel real? Ooh, look at this gay shit Clint's putting together. Um, <laughs> you know... I think the thing is you got to be comfortable changing with it over time. It's really like life, you know. You got to be comfortable with the fact that it will be the same thing. It will be the same label, title, what you do. It's like when you was like when you get married. It's a, doing a podcast for an extended period of time is like a marriage that you have with yourself. Damn, that's maybe the most narcissistic statement you'll ever hear. But it really is because what you start out with, like 
what you need with someone, and what you think is important, what you think you want something to be, and how it looks from day one with someone. Eight years later, what you both need from each other is completely different. What matters to you may change, what matters to them may change, and you either adjust to that or you got to redefine of is this, you know, is this really worthwhile, you know? People change. Podcasts, your idea of what you want to do changes. Things you want to do in life changes, you know? And it's all about, like, this constant being present. And I think that's the main thing with doing something like this is being present in what you're doing. Making sure that when you're doing it, you have great control of the purpose of why you're doing it. And uh, when you're 250 episodes in, it is something to be proud of. Like, I've been doing this since June 8th of 2021. When I first started this podcast, I was legitimately, you could look it up. I mean, I would post five plus episodes a week, right? I was so in love with it. I had so much energy. I had so much to talk about. And then you realize after a period of time, man, I really don't have a lot to talk about, you know? (laughs) Like, I really don't have a whole lot to talk about. You have that initial stuff where it's like, man, I have all this stuff I need to get out for the podcast. And you realize, like, you know, at a certain point, you got to actually live a little. You got to actually be out there. Stop it. Fucking raggedy Ann. Um... Sorry, this cat. Like it, like it fucking knows when I'm like trying to do shit, and it's like, let me just be a hassle, you know. Um, well, I'll put a tassel on your head, and you can graduate to the outside of the bed, you little whore. Um, <laughs> it's funny how comfortable we are just name calling our animals, thinking they will, they don't understand or respond, but. If we were to say the same things to our children, people would be like, you're an abusive piece of shit. <laughs> uh, you know what builds character? Um, but yeah, you know, I think that's the beauty of it all is 250 episodes is something I'm very proud of, you know, not to give myself a pat on the back, but um, if you guys were to go back, I, this is why like the podcast I enjoy. I'll go through phases where, like, you know what? Because of someone that does, I'm very fascinated. Especially ones I've done for even just five plus years, but like some that I listen to seven, eight, ten years anniversary. Shows how long it's been around, how long they talk about how long it takes to get good at it, how long it takes to actually understand, like, you know, how much you change over time, how much the show changes, what you talk about, the style of the show, it changes, you know? Because as you change, people change with you. They feel that with you. And they may go fluctuations where they listen to you for a couple years, not listen to you for a year plus, and for some reason get back into you, you know. That's just what you got to be comfortable with that, you know. This whole, like, oh, if you don't listen to every episode, you're not a real fan. It's like, nah, if someone listens to every episode, I actually, like, want them to see counseling. Because if you listen to me all the time, you got a problem, (laughs) like... You should not be listening to every episode of everything. One, you probably don't have a job. You probably don't have much going for you. Like, if you truly process and listen to every single episode or something that's posted on a regular basis, 
because it's a volume versus quality game and you got to choose which one you got to navigate right um but when most podcasts and this is a real statistic you can look it up i did because i'm very fascinated by all this stuff i i don't know the percentage but you know like i think it's like over I have to double check, but like 80% is, I think last time, it was like 70 or 80% of podcasts don't even last past three episodes, which means people get an RSS feed, they post it, and then they stop doing it after two or three episodes. You see it all the time because people wait for the, people just think like if you, people do have this false sense that if you just talk, people give a shit. Like if you just title things, they'll work out. Like there's a lot of things that factor into it. Longevity in a body of work is your best friend in this. Because then once something does here, you gradually build. People go back to your catalog. And they just listen and listen. And the work that you've already done, it works for you. It's literally like all your past, your catalog, your past episodes is literally just passive income. When you think it's, it's literally just a form of passive income. it's You've already done the work to attain that capital. You may not... It may not pay off today, this year, next year, but four years from now, when things are starting to go the right way, and you just keep doing it, then you have a whole catalog of people to play. You have a whole catalog for people to build an audience. You build a suck some titties place, and then that's when life takes care of itself, because you've already put in the work. You've already put in the time. Like, that's the thing. You can't replace time that was put in this stuff. You can't replace your personal proudness of what you've done. And I don't, I think, like, like technically, if you make it to 250 episodes, you are in the top 001% of just volume of episodes a podcast does. So, technically, I'm in the top 01%, bitch. Um, um, but look, the main thing is I got, went through fluctuations and I say, this will be like, you go listen to the first two and I, you're like, well, you could tell the man was trying too hard. I was not trying to have real in-depth conversations. I was keeping it simple, but you, I still have that same quirky, awkward pun. And I, but I found a way to mitigate in the natural feel. But you still get a feel of what I feel. Tell me how you feel. Um, so, yeah. And then I went back. Then I went like two, three episodes a week. Then I took a three-month hiatus at one point. A lot of things, life changes. You got a lot of different shit. I was a lot of like, man, like, when am I ever going to actually get back into it? Because that's the thing with this thing. When you take a little time off, it's really hard to get back into it because of that fear of, man, have I lost? It really, talking is a weird thing. It really is something you have to do all the time to be good at it. It's some, it is a thing you have to sharpen all the time. Because if you don't talk for days, it takes like half a day to like speak sentences and have your mind catch up to your mouth type of thing. It really does. Especially doing something like this, like, you just got to get through that first initial push of, man, this is kind of rough to 
especially when you do it by yourself and don't have a person to piggyback off to carry the load. You are the load. And I got plenty, baby. Um, <laughs> so, damn, the coyotes are out. Um, <laughs> damn, sorry, the coyotes are really, really out. You can hear them. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah. You know, it's like a musician. Your catalog will do the work for you. Like, it will be your ever ass on once you put it out there. Down the road, your catalog will pay the bills for your rest of your life. Then you can sell it. I sell it to some big company for a couple hundred million dollars. Go fuck myself. Start a new podcast and, you know, they can have it all, you know. So... Your audience will grow with you. These, these, most of these are just my beliefs, but believe it or not, regardless of what people may think, I'm very observant. I say it all the time. <laughs> it seems like I'm taking shots at a lot of people, but it is a common criticism, which is actually my biggest strength is I'm very observant, but you get accused of not being observant of a lot of things just because you don't react the way they want, but... um. That's not like, and I get, you know, it's funny, it's like, I actually got told, like, you know, sometimes you don't, like, because I guess someone listened to my episode, and they heard about when I was talking about the guy who just wouldn't shut the fuck up when he's on a date with the girl, and, and she was like, yeah, it's nice to know that guy actually realizes, and she's like, well, yeah, you do the same thing, too, and I'm like, oh, do I? Oh, do I? Well, you know, at least, at least when I'm doing it. At least you know I'm a trained professional at doing it. Um, at least you know I'm an egomaniac. Um, which is why you can't get enough. Um, don't stop till you get enough, huh? And, uh, I don't know, you know. It's just one of those things where... And then I got back into the podcasting. And it took a while to really get on a schedule and really like feel comfortable. Like, man, like, you just, I generally felt like, I generally felt like Michael Jordan <laughs> when he took like a year off, when he went to, you know, Space Jam and came back to the NBA. It's like, do I still got it? You know, that's what I felt like, you know? Uh, probably the last time me and Michael Jordan will ever be mentioned in the same sentence. And, uh, did he smash Lola? I don't know. Don't ask the wife. Um, <laughs> is it really that secret juice? Is it really just Michael's juice? Um, <laughs> oh, Jesus. But, you know, it's one of those... Uh, you go through phases where you quit. You don't quit, but you do contemplate, like, do I have... And then I remember there was one day I did an episode, and something about it, it was like, oh... Not only am I back, but this version is immensely better. Like, I like this version. It feels more real. It feels like it's a different, you know. I found a way to put all of me together. The show I want to do. And ever since then, you know, it, you know, you still go through clunkers. Regardless of what this show may feel like, there is an internal 
consistency process of the style of rundown I have for the show. I have the same opening, intro. I get into my big topic, and then it all just naturally takes care of itself from there. So it has a natural feel. Uh, and as one of the smaller podcasters, you know, I do, I am fascinated with listening and watching other smaller podcasts because I want to see, like, I want to, like, kind of size myself up, like, you know, am I small because I'm as bad as these other people? Or am I small because I'm making a lot of the same mistakes as these other people? And what I realize is a lot of smaller podcasters that do the individual stuff, they really rely on very generic topics like Positivity Hour. I'm not going to call anyone out. He doesn't seem like a bad guy, but, you know, it's just kind of like, all right, the Positivity Hour, for real? Okay. It's just them talking about positive nonsense for an hour. Actually, really, 30 minutes. They never actually do an hour, but it's whatever. I'm not going to criticize. It's just false advertisement. Um, And I'm like, oh. Now, that's a bigger form of like, okay, I'm not worried about it. Like, everything will be all right for me, you know? I'm not worried about it. Know, that's not me and my ego. But when you put enough time into this, you're not worried about the comp, as the kids say. Um, so, yeah, I think the main thing is getting to 250 episodes. Getting to 250 of anything is very something you should be very proud of. It's not easy. It's a long journey. You got to be patient. I have a different plan this year. I'm genuinely trying to... You know, I don't even want to say it. Because you know what? I'm I'm just going to post when I post. And you guys will see the trend I'm talking about. Because once you say things, it seems like life will just... The universe will be like, oh, will you? Well, let me put all these roadblocks for you, you nincompoop. Um... <laughs> I'm just going to put nothing but these over-elevated speed bumps and fuck up your wheels. And you try getting home to do this shit. Yeah, yeah, We're going to fuck it up for you, boy. Um, but you'll see. I got everything on schedule. So, I'm on the sketch in this typical schedule program. So, yeah. I think that's going to be the title. Let me write that down before I forget. I know it's when I actually write the title before I post it. It Typically, it's better for everyone involved. Just your typical scheduled program. But yeah, I think uh, the moral of today's pod is pretty simple. Um, When you enjoy something and you trust something, keep doing it. Don't let these... Ass wipes tell you otherwise. Um, and also, never be peer pressured by even a big corporation that may tell you you either got to choose this or that. Anything or anyone that would make you choose what you do and what you enjoy and what you love more than them. It's not it's, it's not them that's for you, okay? Um, I don't care if that's a person in your life. They could be a family member. They could be a girlfriend. They could be your wife, even. If, if your wife would make you choose someone 
or choose someone. Well, hopefully you don't choose someone. If your wife were to make you choose something you love and enjoy, or your husband, make you choose something you love and enjoy, or them, and you don't have kids together, like, kids are the ultimate exception to everything. Like, I get it. For obvious reasons. Um, Your kids, because your kids, they are literally reliant on your stability your reliability to be successful or to have a chance in this world and neglect that when they didn't ask to be here is the ultimate disrespect to just your life it's the biggest insult to yourself ever stop it i'm gonna open the door in five minutes you whore um (laughs) but like, why? what's the point of living if you don't have that one thing in your life you truly enjoy that doesn't require another person's feelings or validation? I think it's a healthy thing. And I think it makes you a better person. And it makes you a better person for everyone in your life. And I think anyone that would make you anything, any job, any person that would make you choose one or the other doesn't really care about you. They care about how what you do affects them. And it's just not, you know, think for yourself. All right. But yeah, that was episode 250 of the Offbeat Podcast with Clint Nelson. I'm your host, Clint Nelson. Don't forget to like, follow, comment, subscribe, hit the notification button. Most important, ladies and gentlemen, don't forget to suck some titties because the battery's about to die and I'm about to commit battery to myself. All right. Episode 250. Don't worry. In just one year, I'll be at 2,000. That will literally be like posting five episodes a day. I'm telling you that is not happening. Have a good day.